any worshipers, any praises in the house that can just throw up their hands and just worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who woke you up this morning and got you here safely. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hands together and just give the Lord a round of applause. Is there anybody that's happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Somebody just look to your neighbor and say, it's good to see you this morning. So you didn't have to come this morning, but you made it out anyway. Amen. We're here this morning to lift up the name of Jesus. We're standing on the promises of God. Amen. We're here to praise and worship, so join in and worship the Lord with us. Hallelujah. Promises. We're standing on His promises. In Him we have a confidence. He won't fail. If I have any believers in the house, can you put your hands together? Can we just clap our hands in the room? He 
Somebody stretch 
feel the presence of the Lord in this room. There's a sweet presence of the Lord in this place right now. He needs somebody to know that it doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter how that situation may seem. Doesn't matter how deep you may feel, how low you may feel. You are not alone. You, you are not alone. He is your comfort. He is your comfort. Somebody be encouraged in the room. He is not against you. He has not left you. He has not failed you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Remember, oh God, Sister Shalaman this morning. Brother Kellyman, Janet Williams, Lord. Lord God, they are sick in their bodies. But God, you are the great healer, Lord God. Lord God, you said by your strength we are healed. Hallelujah. And we know that God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Breathe upon the man of God today. Breathe upon the singers. Help us to worship you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Put the praise on our lips, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. For we know that you will add the praises of your people. Father God, we thank you for all that you have done. What you're doing and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
on, everyone. Come on, let's lift our hands in the presence of the Lord. The table is spread. It is only for you just to take what God has given. Hallelujah. If you need healing, if you need a breakthrough deliverance, the healer, the deliverer, the way maker is here for you to touch him and to experience his presence. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness, the beauty of his power. Hallelujah. Let's slip those hands in the air. Say, I love you, Lord Jesus. Let's open our mouths. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord right now. Father, you've been so good to us. There is none like you. You've been faithful. Not over a few things, but over many things. Over and over and over, you have showed yourself to be God in my life. Come on, open your mouth in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. The angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. What a presence in this house. My God, a breakthrough is in this house. Deliverance in Deliverance in this house. Hallelujah. Mighty God, mighty God. I love this atmosphere. In this atmosphere, chains are broken. In this atmosphere, yokes and fetters are destroyed. Hallelujah. What a presence we feel in this atmosphere. Welcome to Christ Center Church. This is what we do. We just stay in God's presence. And we experience his glory in our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't want to stop you, but just as a hallelujah in the house. Hallelujah. There's a worship in this. You got to tap into what God is saying and God is doing. You didn't just put on good clothes just to make yourself look good. You come to experience God's move in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a presence. 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 Hallelujah. What a God. You may be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. If you desire to. But if you worship him, continue to worship him. As he desired for you to worship him. For the Father seeketh such for who to worship in this time. Hallelujah. 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 My God, my God. My God, my God. I thank God for being this church, being a part of a movement, being a part of a mission. And we thank God for what he's doing. Before I continue, please just monitor those on the screen. Please just monitor what you're seeing on the screen as I continue in worship. Is a few announcements you can watch and see as we move forward, as it will come up. If it is your first, second, or third time visiting us, please stand. We want to recognize you. We want to acknowledge you. If it's your first, second, or third time here, please stand. Come on, let's put a good, a hearty welcome and thank you, Jesus, for our guests, saints of God. Come on, hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, are you excited to be in God's house today? I said, are you excited to be in God's house today? And are you excited to give unto the Lord today? Oh, I need to hear somebody more say, are you excited to give today into God's house today? Hallelujah. Well, it's a time of giving. 
I want everyone to stand. I know you just sat down, but I need everyone to stand one more time. Please follow our instructions. There are four ways to give. They're provided on the screen. As I said, pay attention to the screen. Most of the time, what you need is on the screen. And they're here to invoke you to give. We want to give a great offering today. I said we want to give a great offering today. And we're going to bless God. Please follow the ushers. Please follow the ushers. They're at the front. And if we all can stand, if you have the ability of standing, we also have ways of giving electronically. I know everyone does not come with cash. But there's a way of giving it electronically. They're in the back where our sister Peyton and our sister Crystal Haster will be assisting you. Please monitor those who are walking. Our guest room where you can go to the bathroom is on the left side, or my right, your left. And we'll have church. We'll have great church today, saints of God. Because I believe God is going to speak to us right now. Let's all stand and let's pray to the Lord for a great move of God in our hearts and in our minds that God will open, continue to open what he's doing in this time. Father, we thank you. We give you honor and praise. You are so good to us. We bless you for all what you've done, what you continue to do. We pray that God, you will manifest in the hearts and the lives of your people who are preparing to give. I pray that if you will bless them, Lord God, do it on the behalf of my sake, Lord God. I pray that those who are coming, we're giving for a cause, a cause that is bigger than us that has a mission, that has eternal weight to this. We pray your blessings upon your people. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Let the church say in Jesus' name. Amen. Please follow the ushers and our praise team will bless us in a selection. God bless. In the hell. 
I wish somebody would stand to their feet and just declare the words that we're singing this morning. Something happens when we just lift our hands, when we lift our voice and we shout. Come on, come on. Sing when I lift. When I lift my voice and shout, everyone.
there's some of us that have made up in our mind today. I'm not going home the same way I came in. But I'm going to take something with me. I'm going to allow Jesus to do something in me that I will not go home the same way I came into this place. I came because I know God is almighty and he is powerful and he can do just what I need. He can work out any situation. He can set the crooked ways straight. He can give me strength and guidance. Oh, I'm not going home the same way. No, sir. No, sir. Whatever it takes, I'm not going home the same way. Whatever I need to do, I'm not going home the same way. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. wonderful presence of the Lord that is in this place. Somebody came with a made up mind this morning that I want God to do something. Somebody yielded themselves to the move of God on their heart. And when we yield ourselves to the moving of God's spirit, we lose control and God takes over. And so sometimes when you see people running and crying and seems to be weird, that's just them yielding to the Spirit of God. And they're giving God the control over their hearts and over their minds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord and say thank you, Jesus. Come on, open up your mouth and thank the Lord. He didn't have to. He don't have to. But he do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's not because we deserve it, but it's because of your goodness. It's not because we deserve it, but it's because of your mercy and your kindness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful presence of the Lord. Welcome to Christ-centered church, where Christ is our central focus. And we thank God for what he's doing in this church. Just right before I get into the word of God, just a couple of quick announcements. Today after, well, let's just say today at 4 p.m., we have a youth event, Move the Missions youth event, and uh, our youth are going to do something very interesting and different and unique, and they're going to raise some money for our Move the Missions missions, and we always encourage raising money for the greatest cause ever known unto men, and that is to spread the gospel. We give to a whole lot of things. And a lot of things we believe in and we give to it. We say we got to give to that. And a lot of things that we give to, we should give to. But just so you know, there is no greater cause to give to 
than the furthering of the gospel being preached in all the world. That's the greatest purpose and cause we can ever give to is for the gospel message to be heard all over the world. Because without the gospel being preached, we cannot be saved. We will not experience eternal life in Christ. And so we always want to support spreading the gospel. And so they have an event this evening at 4 p.m. It's going to be wonderful if you can come out and just support. If you can come out and be of help, we would really appreciate it. But they're going to have a good time. They invited friends from school that don't normally go to church. And so we're going to have an eclectic group of young people that will be gathered here today at 4 p.m. And I believe that God will touch them even in their own way of how they do things. We thank God for our, our, our youth pastor and his wife just kind of leading our young people to, to, to really fulfill their purpose and mission in Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. This Friday at 7 p.m., we will have a cancer awareness seminar. It's for prostate cancer. And we start at 7 p.m. We have Ryan Moulton from Rutgers Cancer Institute that will meet with us here. And he'll talk a lot about prostate cancer. And especially us men, we need to be present. We need to hear. Uh, you know, in the past, we turn away from information that could have saved us. Because some things just get us nervous and worried and concerned, and so we just kind of turned it off. But we're so far advanced in medicine that it's important that whenever we're going to hear from anyone that is a professional in medicine, we need to listen. The information might not be needed right then and there immediately, but eventually you will need that information because medicine is important. And it is how we help to heal the body. So 7 p.m. this Friday, we want you to come out. After church today, the men will meet in the fellowship hall. All men, please, right after service. We'd love to have you come together and talk. And finally, this Saturday morning, the 16th of September, there's a prayer walk. Somebody say prayer walk. We will be walking throughout Hamilton praying, not loud but praying for God's will to be done. And so we're going to meet at Hamilton Township Municipal Building at 9.30, 9.30 this Saturday. That's 2100 Greenwood Avenue in Hamilton here in Hamilton, New Jersey. We want you to meet with our prayer team if you'd like to participate. And we're going to meet there at 9.30 and we're going to be praying for our township and for all of the families and, and folks that live in all of our surrounding townships, join us at 930 Prayer Walk. It will start at the Hamilton Municipal Building, and we will walk and pray, and we believe God is going to help us in doing so. Somebody say amen. amen. We had a great men's retreat or men's couple of days together, and I really thank God for... Um, just allowing the men to get together. It's important that the, uh, 
the different genders get together by themselves at times. It, it, it is different when all ladies get together, all men get together, and the purpose of worshiping the Lord, hearing the word of God, and just allowing God to work in our lives. And we had a men's retreat um, this past Friday. We got together Friday evening, and we left Saturday afternoon, and the word was just awesome, rich, great fellowship, and God blessed us. He met us there, so we thank God for that. Uh, I can't tell you how much I encourage you that whenever you hear of events that we're doing in in Christ, you've got to do everything that you can. And um, we are at a place where when we do events, if there is a financial need and you can't make it, can we just put our pride to the side and just come and talk to me and say, hey, I would like to go to this event, but financially I probably i am not able to. Um, is there any way, any scholarship or anything that can be afforded me so I can attend this event? But let's not not attend these events. They're for us so we can grow in Christ. Uh, I can't tell you how much you have to understand that God wants to do great things in your life. You don't know what God is actually going to do in your life. None of us know what the ending of our life will be in Christ. None of us. We don't know what Christ wants to do in our life. And when we neglect or exempt ourselves from different events, what we're really telling God is, I'm good. We don't realize that. Wherever God places us, he places there because he knows what will happen there. And that's why God is the one that placed us in the churches where we're supposed to be because he knows just what we need. And so when, you're, when the church that you're in, for instance, this church that you're in, whenever we're doing things, obviously God gives me guidance to make sure I don't overwhelm you with a whole lot of events, but enough so you can learn, so you can grow, and you can be who God wants you to be. So keep an ear out, keep an eye out for the events that we're planning, and try to attend them. They're not always in this location of this church. They could be in different places, but it's still where the gathering of the body of Christ gathers, and that's where God will uh, command his blessing. So keep those things in mind. If you are able to, we'd love for you to stand with us and turn your Bibles or look on the screen as we go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 13. Again, we welcome all of you this morning into the house of the Lord. So good to be with you. Praise singers, thank you so much for allowing God to just use you this morning and flow through you. We're so thankful. Thankful. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse number 13, the Bible says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Lord Jesus, we love you. We want to be what you have in store and what you want us to be. Father, forgive us for our ignorance. Forgive us for neglecting your commands and your word, Lord God. 
I pray this morning that before we walk out of these doors, what you have started in us, what you're saying to us, how you're moving in our heart and mind, that, Lord, you will bring it to a crescendo and completion for this day, Lord God. So will you speak to us? Will you move by your spirit? Will you place me in the flow of the Holy Ghost that I speak as your oracle, as your echo to rightly divide your word of truth? And will the hearers today hear, O God, and become doers of your word? We ask you these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Let us all say amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you on this topic this morning entitled, Tie Up the Loose Ends. Tie Up the Loose Ends. Mm -hmm. Born again Christians are pilgrims and strangers in this earth on their way to their country where they are citizens. I think you might have missed that, so I'm going to say it again. Born again Christians are pilgrims and strangers in this earth on their way to their country where they are citizens. Somebody said, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. We must understand that our journey is long and laborious. And while on our journey, we must do all that is necessary not to pollute ourselves with the uncleanness of this world. Since we don't belong here, let's not take on all the stuff of this place because this is not where we're going to ultimately be eternally. So let's not take on the things of this world because this world is not our home. We must seek the Lord's help to not give in to our lust and temptation. Uh huh. This is why Peter tells us to gird up the loins of our mind. Mm -hmm. Obedience does not always come naturally or easily, and that's why we have to gird up the loins of our mind. Oftentimes we know what we're supposed to do, that is right, but we find ourselves not doing it for whatever the reasons are. Oftentimes it just means the flesh is stronger than the Spirit of God working in your life. I heard it said this way, there's two dogs in us and the dog we feed the most will be the strongest. And if we feed our flesh more than we feed the spirit, then the flesh will be stronger in our life. And God is calling us to feed the spirit so the spirit of God can be strongest in our life. Somebody say amen. Verbal communication and physical actions begin in the mind. Somebody say the mind. Therefore, whatever the state of the mind is will be how we communicate verbally and what our actions would be physically. So the mind is a very important thing to us. If Satan gets the best of us, it's because he manipulated or deceived us in our mind. Where we are today 
depends on if Satan is winning the battle in our mind or God is winning the battle in our mind. Tell your neighbor, get your mind right, get your mind right, get your mind right. When Peter told the scattered believers of Jesus Christ to gird up the loins of your mind, it wasn't just an interesting phase or phrase, I should say, that Peter concocted. It was an extremely powerful and graphic picture that expresses something very important that you and I need to understand and apply in our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gird up the loins of your mind. Mm-hmm. The phrase, gird up the loins of your minds, refers, hear me now, refers to a person girding up his loins by tucking his long robe into the belt around his waist in order to run. It's also a phrase used to depict a runner who was running a race, to run freely and without hindrance. He would reach down to gather the long dangling ends of his garment and then tuck them under his belt with the loose ends out of the way he could then run freely and without distraction. I smiled when I was looking into this and researching, and I said, that's foreign to so many of us because when we run races, we almost run naked. Runners be naked almost because they want us least clothes as possible or as less clothes as possible on their body and so they're almost naked. It has to be almost like nothing on them. But in case you don't know, years ago, long time ago, especially over in the mid, the Middle East, they always wore their robes. And no matter what they were doing, the robe was on. They were always fully clothed. And when it was time to run, they had to pick up the loose ends of their robes that were dangling and tuck it in so they can run. And so what I'm saying to you might seem a little foreign because we're saying, ah, that's kind of not how it go in the States now these days. But the runner would get in trouble if he ever allowed his garments to fall down and become entangled in his legs. Even though he may have been, even though he may have been picking up his stride and running a good race up to that point, the hindrance of dangling loosely hanging clothes would hinder his steps. Allowing those loose ends to keep dangling would have been a sure way to lose a race. I'm going somewhere. Can I pause to tell you this morning 
The born-again Christian's journey is a race that he or she is running to their country of citizenship, and that country is heaven. We're taking a journey, church. If you're a born-again believer and you believe in Jesus Christ, you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you've been filled with His Spirit, you're seeking to make heaven your home, we are on a journey to that place where we have citizenship. And that place is called heaven. This place here is not our home. We're just passing through. And heaven one day will be our country of citizenship. We can't forget that. We can't forget that. Our frustrations, our pain, our situations that we go through, they won't last always. This is why the old timers would say trouble don't last. Because we're not always going to be here. We only will be here temporarily. Some of us may be here for 50 or 60 years. Some of us may be here 70 or 80 years. And the fortunate ones may be here till 110 years. But the bottom line is, we probably won't max out to but 110, 115. That's nothing comparing to eternity. God built us, created us, and made us for eternity with Him. Not a temporary season in this world. We're in this world temporarily. We're in this world only but for a season. But God built us and God created us and God designed us so we can live eternally with him in a country where we're citizens and it's called heaven. Mm-hmm. The idea of Peter's writing may have come from a runner trying to run while wearing a long robe. But understand this. Peter is not talking about a garment made of material when he's referring to the loins of our mind. You see, Peter is telling us that if we don't gird up the loins of our mind, if we don't deal with the loose ends that exist in our mind and in our emotion, correct those parts of our thinking that we know are wrong, grab hold of all those dangling areas in our thinking and put them out of our mind and remove them by the authority of the Word of God, then we are choosing to permit those thoughts to exist in our lives that will hinder us from running this race successfully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's time to deal with the dangling thoughts that's been in our mind. Mm -hmm. We all have them. We all have them. The, 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 The only way we don't have them is if we're willing to put this down for a long time. But as long as you got this, it's interesting. I was watching, and I'm a sports guy, and I pay attention to sports. And no matter what these rich, rich celebrities are doing, no matter what, the other day I saw my boy Shannon Sharp. On a PJ, you know, everybody, you know, they got to let you know what they're doing. Even 
the people that's rich. They got to let you know what they're doing. So Shannon Sharp on the PJ flying. He says, man, I'm eating breakfast on the PJ. I'm getting ready to go to this game. And his phone was right next to him. This don't go anywhere. And because this is so close to us, we've got a lot of dangling thoughts. If we put that up for 60 days, 90 days, and only use it to make a phone call when we need to, or receive a phone call when we need to, the dangling thoughts may become very, very few, and you'll have less of a struggle that you have to deal with as you try to walk this walk in Jesus Christ. But because we're not putting it down for that long, we've got a lot of dangling thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we want to be successful in our spiritual lives and truly walk with God, then we must start by dealing with the loins of our mind. In other words, we must seek to deal with all the loose ends in our thinking that we haven't yet submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we deliberately allow wrong thinking and wrong believing to continue in our lives, we are making the same kind of mistakes the runners does when they deliberately allow the dangling parts of their robe to just keep dangling and they never tuck it in. Same kind of thing. I'll go as far as to say, it's hard for us to be consistent in living for Christ righteously and holy because maybe we allow the dangling parts to be down there and we run for a good little while and it might just stay out of the way. But then later on, here it comes, we trip and fall because the dangling parts we never tucked in. Those are the loose ends. The loose ends, tie up the loose ends. And so we run for a little bit, and we're doing good for a little bit. And before you know it, we find ourselves on the ground wondering, what in the world happened? I was just doing good. Well, there's loose ends that's in our life, and we're not paying the loose ends any attention because we feel like, oh, that's not a big deal. But loose ends are a big deal. If you stop to think about what God has been saying to us the past month, whether it's Sunday mornings or Wednesday evenings, you'll find it very interesting. Because you'll realize that God has been talking to us about little things, not big things. Just check out the past month, morning, Sunday mornings, and, sun, and, and Wednesday evening. You'll see, man, God, what are you trying to tell us? He just wants you to focus on one thing. He just wants you to deal with the little things. Because sometimes we set our attention on the big grandiose things that we want to do and we can't get there because we get overwhelmed. And all he's saying is, can you just start with the little things? I got you. If I'm in your corner, you don't have to worry about a thing. Now, it's different if I'm not in your corner. But if God is in your corner and you know he is, then start with the little things that he's telling you to do and you'll see where he will take you to. And you'll look back and say, how in the world did I accomplish this? How in the world did I get to that point? Because I started with the little things. I don't know about you, but when I first started going to church, I was going to church just Sunday morning. Anybody with me? When you first started going to church. Who started first going to church and just went, went to all the services? Nah, I just went to Sunday service. Uh-huh. Just, just, I just went on Sunday mornings. And back then, church was still having about four different services outside of Sunday mornings. And so I just went to Sunday mornings, and that was enough because I was a new 
person, you know, just learning. And so, but then God started dealing with my heart. And I said, ooh, Sunday morning, not enough. And so I started going to Sunday nights. So now I'm doing two times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night. But God kept dealing with me, kept dealing, kept dealing. And I just had to start going to all the services eventually. And then when they had extra services, I said, I got to get to the extra services too. But all while I was doing all of that, I never thought about this picture right here. Never had this picture. Never had this big grandiosa thought. I'm still in awe. You all might not be in awe, but I'm still in awe about this. I'm still in awe about this, Sister Josephine. I'm still in awe like, how did we get here? You're not in awe, Sister Jackson? You're in awe, Sister Jackson. Because Sister Jackson told me, she was like, when, I, when the pastor started talking about um, 1.6 million, she was like, she looked around and says, where's that coming from? <laughs> when the pastor said 1.6 million, Sister Jackson looked around at the congregation, the fire station like this. Where is that coming from? And then they started panicking a little bit more. People started saying, well, we got to go outside the church and see if people will donate. And then I told them, ain't nobody feeling sorry for y'all and donate nothing to y'all. We got to do this with the help of God. And if you check the records, go see the trustee, check the records. We didn't have no big gigantic donation from no outsiders. Because don't nobody care about um, what y'all doing. It's interesting how life works. People only pay attention after they realize you're doing something. But they're not paying attention when you're doing the little things. When you start out doing the little things, people aren't paying attention. They're like, whatever. They overlook you. You get overlooked when you're doing the little things. And it's not until you come on the scene. I can't tell you how many people have been through this building. Why? Because they've heard that the Lord did something great. They heard that something happened. And those people that was in the fire station, God brought them to a place that is so big that you would not even imagine that that little firehouse people could have been in a place like this. And so now people coming through. I got to come see what's going on over there. Because, because I'm sure there are people that's been doing this for a long time. People that probably have more money in their bank account and they ain't here. They ain't got no place like this. Yeah, I'm sure. Bank account's that. They ain't got no place like this. There's name brand churches out there. Ready for this one? I ain't talking about nobody. I'm trying to show you the hand of God. Name brand churches out there that don't own this. And they name big out there. But they don't have this. Because this is not about popularity. This is not about the, 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 the plan of man. This is not about our ingenuity. This is not how we can become popular on social media. This has always been about Jesus Christ and him crucified. This has always been about salvation. This has always been about heaven. This has always been about righteousness. This has always been about holiness. This has always been about walking with Christ. This has always been about praying and fasting and calling on the name of the Lord. This has always been about Jesus. The one true and living God. Not no three in one, but one God. His name is Jesus. It's been about him. It is about him. It will always
This is why we're here. This is why we're here. This is why you can hear name brand churches uh, that they don't own their building. Uh, they don't have this. I'm not bragging. I'm bragging on God. That's what I'm bragging on. I'm bragging on God. What God has done. What God is doing. And you better make up in your mind if you're in this church, if you're affiliated with this church, if you're associated with this church, you got to know God is real. God is doing something. God is taking us somewhere. I got to get involved. I got to be a part. I got to trust Him because He has already proven He's working. He's working. He's working. He's working. He's working. He's working. We don't have to be rich. We don't have to have a whole lot of money. All we got to do is keep the name. That's above every name. Keep that name at the forefront of our mind. Keep that name in our mouth. Preach that name and keep worshiping him because he is the one who gives all beyond our understanding and comprehension. It's about Jesus. That's why we're here. Not because we're special. Not because we are better than anybody else. But because this started because of him. It's always going to be about him. That's what it's always going to be about. It's him. Peter admonished us to tighten up the loose ends, the loose areas that the devil would try to grab and hold on to and use it against us. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, give no place to the devil. Those loose ends is giving place to Satan. <laughs> Those loose ends uh, give him an opportunity to grab onto something. Uh, but if it's all tightened up and tucked in uh, in the belt, you will say, ain't no loose ends here, devil. Ain't nothing for you to hold on to. Uh, ain't no way I'm going to let you hold on to me. Uh, I am going to be free in Jesus. Uh, I am going to be free and worship Jesus. Uh, I'm not giving the devil a foothold uh, because he can't take a foothold uh, unless I give it to him and I'm not giving him a foothold tie up those loose ends in your life tie up those loose ends tell your neighbor tie up those loose ends in your life outlook determines outcome outlook determines outcome outlook determines Outcome. Listen to me. I've lived just, I've lived past a half a century now. And so I think I'm qualified to say certain things. I know we're all aspiring to do what we feel we got to do to set ourselves up. And we need to do some of those things. But trust me when I tell you, this life is not all that it's cracked up to be. It's not, church. I'm serious. I wish I can transmit that to you. I told you for the longest that I, I, I remember when everybody was talking about the Grand Canyon. And I said, I got to get to the Grand Canyon. And I finally got to the Grand Canyon. And I just looked around like, is, 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 is this what we going crazy? Is this, is this what this is? And I just went along with it like, okay, Grand Canyon. Yay! Grand Canyon. 
because I'm like, I don't know what we're going crazy for. And I can't lie to you, in my little bit of life that I've lived, God has, has afforded me some good opportunities in life. So I've seen the worst of the worst, the lows of the lows, and I've seen the greatest of the greatest. The other day, when we went to California for our vacation, we went to this place where, I told you this, where some of the houses, 40 million easy, 40 million. I learned how the rich people are able to keep some of us out of their neighborhood. You want me to tell you how? It's not the price of the home. Because any one of us can get an inheritance, any one of us can make some money and, and, and get a good chunk of change and go buy a nice house. You know how they keep us out? Taxes. So I'm looking at the taxes for this area. We went in California, and it's anywhere between $500,000 and up. So if you're able to buy a house, just say you somehow, you saved up for a really long time, did a few investments, and you got about $7 million in your bank account. And you decide, let me go buy me a nice investment, a house for about $5 million up there in Newport Beach, California. Let me go buy one of those houses. Cool. Can't live there long. Because I don't know how you pay that, that property tax of, of $600,000, $700,000 a year. How you do that? So that's how they keep you out of their community. That's how they stay rich. They make sure the property tax is so high that you can't afford it. So even if you luck up and for those of you that play the lottery, we don't play the lottery as Christians, but for those of y'all that play the lottery, just say you win the mega million. And you, and, and you, and you want about, you know, 50, 50 million or something. You live long enough, you're going to have to move. <laughs> you live long enough, you're going to have to move because the taxes will keep going up and your money will keep dwindling. So that's how the rich people keep us out. But I, I, I drive around their communities and I ran into a guy that was, he was jogging. And I said, where do you live? He said, in Anaheim. Anaheim is about 25 minutes away from Newport Beach, California. And I said, where do you live? He says, in Anaheim. So I said to him, I said, yo, since I've been driving around here, I haven't met any of the people that own these houses. He says, I've lived here 10 years and I haven't met them either. <laughs> this world is not all that it's cracked up to be. That's all I'm trying to tell you. They rich, but you, you don't even know who they are. They, 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 they can buy whatever they want, but they're not enjoying anything because the truth of the matter is, can I tell you the truth of the matter? You will only be at the peak of life when you have great relationships in life. I didn't get everybody. I didn't, have, I didn't get everybody. I got... I, 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 I got you will be at the peak of enjoyment of life when you have great relationships in life. 
It's the relationships in life that makes life great. If you don't have great relationships, life is not great for you. You got some stuff going on and all kind of things that you're worried about and all kind of things that you're trying to get done because relationship is missing. And we try to to, to get our life right with other things as opposed to realizing it's relationships that make our life fulfilled and complete. Preacher, how can you say that? Got to always give y'all scripture. When God created the first man, what did God say? Not what the man said. What did God say? It's not good for man to be alone. So when we rich and we alone, that's not good. When we live in large and we alone, that's not good. And sometimes you can have people around you, but you're still alone. Okay, 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 okay. Now you finally understand what I'm saying. So the bottom line is what makes you rich and make your life full is relationships and not what you have. I still only had some of you. All right, let me move on. I didn't convince you. The saints of God must avoid behaviors such as worldliness, all immoral acts, addiction, or attitudes that can overwhelm and take control of our mind and bodies. Even good things in this life can take control if we allow them to. Good things such as career, good things such as education or creative pursuit, if we're not careful, they could become the dangling loose ends in our life. Uh Uh-huh. Peter wanted the believer to remember that as they live in the world, they needed to keep full possession of their mind and bodies. So they cannot be enticed away from God and lose their preparedness they needed in order to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're trying to stand. We're trying to be right with God. But there's so many loose ends in our life that it's hard to focus on the Lord. It's hard to just be consistently focused. We might focus for a minute, as you know. Here we go again. So some of us either got them in our pocketbook with the noise on it so when it rings you can hear it or the vibration loud enough that you can get it and then we got to step out and get it. Uh huh. Some of us got to sitting on the pew just like this so we can see what's going on. And while the preacher preaching, we just uh slide up and uh 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 and just keep it moving. And so the bottom line is we have created a lot of loose ends in our life. And so it's hard to focus on what God is trying to get us to focus on. And we're just just only able to focus just for a moment, but not for a very long time. And a moment worth of focus for the things of God ain't enough. Ain't enough. Are there any loose ends that you need to deal with in your life right now? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just think about it for a minute. Any loose ends in your life? If there are, I am certain you already know what they are. Mm-hmm. 
I believe the Holy Ghost has been trying to deal with you about those loose ends in your life for a long time. But you have not responded as the Lord would want you to. You're still letting it dangle. Because this is how life works sometimes. They're dangling. And while they're dangling, for the moment that they're not getting in your way, you ignore them. We tend to ignore stuff until something happens. We don't seem to, we don't try to be what we like to say, uh, uh, proactive. We, we, we tend to live a reactive life. Not, not proactive. And so God wants us to be proactive. He wants us to understand what's to come. This is why we are his children. God shares his secrets with his children. You don't believe that? Who else knew it was going to rain when Noah was building the ark? Who else knew it was getting ready to rain except for Noah? God told Noah, Noah, it's getting ready to rain. It's getting ready to rain. And I'm telling you, it's getting ready to rain. And because God told Noah that, Noah started preparing. And then Noah told the people, it's getting ready to rain. But they was reactive. When they were reactive, what happened to them? They didn't make it in the ark because they were reactive. They weren't proactive that when Noah said, it, it is going to rain. Is that so, Noah? Okay. What do we need to do, Noah? You need to come help me build this ark so when we are finished building this ark, ooh, 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 ooh. When we're finished building this ark, then we'll get in. Because, watch it, it couldn't rain until the ark was finished building. It couldn't rain until the ark, because God told Noah, it's going to rain, your escape will be this ark. So go build this ark, and get in the ark, and then it will start raining, and this will be the vehicle of escape. God is building his church. We are like Noah. And we are helping to get this stuff together. But God is the one that's making sure everything gets put in order. God is building his church. And once he's done building his church, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. Hallelujah, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. When the church has been built, when that final nail has been nailed, when everything is complete, and only God knows when it's complete. And remember, it was not Noah that shut the door of the ark, but it was Almighty God that shut the door. So no matter how much we think we know, when the church is ready, we don't know when the church is ready until Jesus says it's ready. Until Jesus shut that door and said now it's ready. Now I've made the way of escape. And now I can rain down fire and brimstone if I please. Because I've made a way for my people. Oh, help me Holy Ghost. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. 
if we continue to ignore the voice of God, if we continue to ignore the word of God, we will pay the price of failure and never come to the realization of our maximum potential. Church, hear me today. Be wise. Grab hold of those dangling loose ends. Right now, grab a hold of those dangling loose ends. Get them out of your way once and for all. Then you will be able to run the race that is set before you and come in complete freedom without any dangling things, without any hindrance. Gird up the loins of your mind. You will serve the Lord better and more effectively when you're dealing with the loose ends. Hear me now, church. You will run a better race and be better prepared to fight the good fight of faith when you're dealing with the loose ends in your life. Settle convictions of divine truth. It will give you stability and value. Oh, my God, help us. I'm getting ready to take this home. The phrase, gird up the loins of your mind, could, could also be a remembrance of the Passover. Peter may have borrowed this phrase, gird up the loins of your mind from the Passover supper, and thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, Shoes, your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand and ye shall eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Gird up the loins of your mind is a phrase, watch this, of preparation. Hear me. If God has me preaching this message to us today, to us, me included, he is trying to prepare us for something. I have no clue exactly what God is preparing us for. He hasn't told me that clearly yet. But I believe from all the things that he has had me preached over the last month, it's a preparation for what he's getting ready to do in this church. It's a preparation for what he's getting ready to do in this world. He's telling us to deal with the loose ends. Gird up the loins of your mind. This phrase is preparation to get out of sin and to go on your journey to the place that is prepared for you. A Christian who is looking for the glory of God has a greater motivation for present obedience than a Christian who ignores the return of the Lord. Can I tell you, I feel strongly that we have kind of put to the side the return of the Lord. I think we used to preach about heaven a lot more back in the day. And maybe because heaven hasn't happened the way we th- the Bible tells us, we might have kind of laid off of preaching about heaven. But church, I'm here to tell you this morning, there is such a place called heaven. I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is coming back for us. And we which are prepared, we which have girded up our loins of our mind, we which have dealt with the loose ends, will be ready to go back with him. But we cannot be reactive. Because if 
if we're reactive, we're going to be like the people back in Noah's day. We cannot be reactive. we got to be proactive and hear the word of God today and say, God, I need to gird up the loins of my mind. God, I need to be prepared. i got to deal with the loose ends because I don't want to react and be left behind. Heaven is real. Heaven is real, and no matter what's going on, we can't get too comfortable in this world. We can't get too settled in this world where we're forgetting that this is not our final place of dwelling. Watch this. Watch the contrast that's illustrated in the lives of Abraham and Lot. Abraham had his eyes of faith set on that heavenly city. So he had no interest in the world's real estate. But Lot, who had tasted the pleasures of the world in Egypt, gradually moved towards Sodom. Abraham brought blessing to his home, but Lot brought judgment because he had his eyes and his mind set on something that was temporal. The Bible says, set your affection on those things that are eternal. Mm-hmm. Remember, outlook determines outcome. Outlook determines outcome. I'm getting ready to call. I'm getting ready to close. Jesus is coming back. Tell your neighbor Jesus is coming back. Since nobody don't want to deal with that. You ain't tell everybody. Everybody didn't hear that this morning. Touch somebody else and tell them, Jesus is coming back. Lila, touch touch your dad, Lila, and tell him Jesus is coming back. Touch him. Don't be afraid of him. I give you permission to touch him. All right, there you go. That's still my son. I give you permission. And he might beat you when you go home, though, Lila. (laughs) You call me if he try to beat you for that. Jesus is coming back. The fact that we know Jesus is coming back, we should be inspired and encouraged to gird up the loins of our mind, tie up the loose ends, and be ready to meet Jesus. Don't allow your current situation to distract you from your eternal destination. You've got an eternal destination already prepared for you. Don't go to some other place that is not prepared for you. Can I tell you, the Bible says hell has enlarged in her mouth. Hell wasn't a place prepared for humans. Hell was a place prepared for angels that became demons. You never want to be in a place where you're not wanted. You don't want to be in a place where you're not wanted. Uh Uh-oh, I got to stay in the marriage, though. Stay in the marriage. Stay in the marriage. Stay in the marriage. I know sometimes you feel like your spouse don't want you. Stay in the marriage. Stay in the marriage. God will work it out if you stay in the marriage and trust God. But location-wise about this things of this world, places of this world, you don't want to be there when they don't want you. This is why it doesn't make good sense for a Christian to want to just indulge in worldly things. Because they don't want you. You're not them. No, you're not like them. They don't want you there. Man, when a Christian go to a club, they know already. 
and they can't wait to go whisper, yo, you see who in here tonight? You be thinking that nobody don't know who you are because you went to a far club. Club in Philly, club in New York. And you're just trying to be in the back, just, you know, doing your thing. And somebody elbowing somebody, yo, you see who here tonight? And then they say, I'm going to try to, I'm not even going to try to let her see me. I don't even want her to see me. But then the word get out because they're going to say something. You know who was at the club last week? You know why that all happened? Because you didn't belong there. That's all. It's not nothing else because God can deliver you and save you and all that stuff if you get it right. So it's not about that. It's about you didn't belong so they talked about you. You didn't belong, so they started saying stuff about you. But when you are where you belong, ain't nobody talking about you. And if they talking about you, they don't belong. I'm finished. Listen, we are not truly saved until our final experience of grace, which is the second coming of of the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not saved until Jesus returns. Check this out. Jesus is coming back. And that should be all the motivation we need to tie up our loose ends. Mm-hmm. Let me share this with you as I get out of the way. Ephesians 6 and 14. Here's what Ephesians 6 and 14 says. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. And so I gave you all of that to say this to you. In the natural, we normally tie up loose ends before we take a trip. I know I do it. I don't know if you do it. If I know I got to go somewhere for a week, I try to get all the little things done to make sure they're not something I'm worried about when I'm gone or something that I got to come back to. So I try to tie up loose ends, try to do little odds and ends. Isn't that what we call it? Odds and ends, loose ends. We try to get those things done so they're not a nuisance to us. And so before we take a trip in the natural, we tie up the loose ends. The Lord Jesus is calling us to tie up the loose ends spiritually so we can take our spiritual journey. If you haven't heard me today, this is all I'm saying to you. God is ready to take you on another journey. We journeyed for eight years from 2711 Nottingham Way. For eight years, that was our journey. And God took us from there to here. And God is ready to take us on another journey. And he says, it's time to tie up the loose ends for the journey that I have for you. The journey that God has for us is present and it is eternal. The journey that God wants to take us on is present 
and eternal. So when, when I talk about the present journey, it's talking about serving God, doing what God wants you to do. That's present. But eternal journey is when God translates us from earth to heaven when the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remain will be caught up to meet. That's the last journey. But the journey is twofold. It's present, current, and it's also eternal. And God is ready to take us on a journey And he wants us to tie up the loose ends, deal with those thoughts, deal with those things that are just a nuisance in your life, deal with those things that sometimes you're praying and all of a sudden this thought pop in your mind about something that is wrong that you haven't dealt with. Deal with them today so you can be ready to take your journey. And so to gird up the loins of your mind simply means we need to abide in truth. Ephesians 6 and 14 says, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. In scripture, in spiritual things, your belt is the belt of truth. Notice your belt is in the middle of your body. When you have truth in the middle of you, it keeps you anchored. When you have truth in the middle of you, it keeps you where you need to be. It takes truth to keep you in the right place. But if we will allow lies to to move us or for us to believe in lies, we will not be anchored and be balanced and be in the right place where we need to be. It takes truth. To get us right. And so to gird up the loin of our mind, it means to abide in truth. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. In John 8 and 32, the Bible says, and ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you. Come on somebody. Y'all not happy about this. Because the bottom line is, just think about the dangling loose ends. Think about the dangling loose ends. They don't make you free. They're entangling you. They're getting in your way. And so they just cause problems. They're lies. They're deceptions. They're all kind of heartache. And they're dangling. And the only way to stop them from dangling is get truth to be the thing that takes the place of them. It's truth that make you free. Now, as we close, we know truth is not a statement. Truth is not a bunch of words. Truth is a person. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, the truth. Truth is not a bunch of sentences put together that we think are facts. Facts and truth is different. And so you can have facts that's proven here upon earth. Facts is, I'm sick. Facts is, 
There is no cure for my sickness. But truth is, it can be healed. Truth is, you can be free. Truth is, no matter what facts say, truth can override it because truth is a person. It's not a bunch of words. It's not a statement. It's not something that we come to recognize. It's not a research that we've done and proven factual. No, truth is a person. And that person is the almighty God whose name is Jesus. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and thank him. Let's stand to our feet. God sent me here to tell you to tie up the loose ends. You know the loose ends in your life. It's a travesty to come to church week in and week out. Hear the word of God spoken to your life and you don't do something about it. Can we do something about the word of God today? Can we do something about the word of God today? I will go as far to say, and and forgive me, Lord, if I'm not right for saying this, but I'm just trying to help so badly. I would go as far to say, if you can think of four quick things in your life that has been a loose end that you want to tie up, maybe try to tie up one or two of those. Maybe you can't tie up all four of them. Because if you start thinking about tying up all four of them, you might just get frustrated. But can you think about tying up one or two of those loose ends in your life and say, I'm going to work on tying those up. I'm going to give this over to truth. I'm going to give this over to Jesus because he will see to it that I overcome those loose ends that are in my life that is preventing me from running this race, from running this race freely. We're trying to run this race with a whole lot of weights. We're trying to run this race being just weighed down. And God says, why are you making this harder than it is? Oh, help us, Jesus. Why are we making this harder than it is? Hear me, somebody. Why are we making this harder than is? What does it hurt to tell somebody you're sorry and please forgive me? What does it hurt if you say something that makes you look a little bit smaller than you think you are? What does it hurt to get embarrassed about something? None of it really matters because I will not be here forever. And after all of that embarrassment, and after all of the situation that wasn't right, that I try to make right, one day it will be all forgotten. And we're holding on to things that don't really matter. If we're fortunate to live for a long time, we're all going to regret the things that we should have done that we didn't do. That's been proven. You talk to people that live long and, and they're fortunate enough to be on their deathbed and able to communicate. Most of the time, that's what they communicate. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I wish I wouldn't have hold, held on to that for so long. I wish I would have just not worried about that. I paid too much attention to that. That wasn't as important as I made it. We have to get to that place where we realize the things that we think is important that we are holding on to. It's not that important. And as you get older, and as you grow in God, and as you learn who Jesus is, you realize, you know what? It's not that important. And so I'm letting it go. I'm going to tie up those loose ends in my life so they're not a hindrance to me. So I can run this race freely. So I can run this race without being hindered or hampered in any way. I'm tying up those loose ends. You know, for the past, I don't know, two or three weeks, I've experienced 
pain in my leg and under my foot. I'm like, what is this? But I, I, I don't say anything about them, Brother Calvin. You know, because for me, what does it matter? And so I try my best. Today I feel good, though, man, for the past couple of days. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 and, and that's what reminded me of all of this stuff, how it's temporary. That if I would have sat there and feel sorry for myself talking about, oh, man, this pain is so, you know, and talking about, let, let me just stay home. What good is that? I came in and walked it out, stretched it out, did whatever I had to do it out, and now it's gone, and I'm just like, see, these things come your way. I'm just trying to tell you, things come your way. They, they, they get in the way of the race that you're trying to run, the journey that you're on, and get in the way, and if you give too much attention to it, it will surely slow you down or divert you from off your course. But you have to tie them up now. And some of the loose ends that you need to tie up, it might just be, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to find myself in the house of the Lord every time those doors are open. I'm not telling you to come to church because I need, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm just telling you the little things that you do that will take you in the way God wants you to go. That will help you to grow in God. And before you know it, you're going to see things springing up in your life that you're like, how did that happen? You don't even know. It's just because you stayed faithful. It's just because you stayed committed. And God just kept working in your life. And stuff would begin to happen that you didn't do. All you did was be faithful. That's all you do. And so today, we have this opportunity to pray. And to tell God to help us. We need your help. To tie up the loose ends that is in our life. And all we got to do is begin to name those things. And tell God, I need it out of my life, God. I need it out of my life, God. Ah. Help us, Holy Ghost. Will you do something today and not just walk out of here the same way? Will you do something? Will you, will you just, just find yourself in a place where it's just you and God? You don't have to say it out loud, but you can just think them in your mind. God, you know that situation. God, you know that circumstance. God, you know that loose end right there, that's just a nuisance. It's a nuisance to me. And every time, no matter what I do, here it comes. Will you help me this morning, Lord? Will, will you help me to tie up these loose ends in my life that when I leave here today, they will not be dangling by my feet. They will not be a distraction to me. They will not trip me up, Lord God. But help me to walk, Lord God, freely and to operate freely as a child of God, as a one who you're taking on this journey where, Lord, we are a citizen to the country where we're going to. Taking us on this journey, Lord God, where we're doing what you want us to do. We're serving in the way you want us to serve. We're doing the things that you've called us to do. You're getting the best from our life because we have handled the loose ends in our life. Will you help us, Lord? We bring that before you today. Lift your hands and just begin to talk to the Lord. Lift your hands and just worship him today and say, Lord, will you handle the loose ends in my life? I can't do it, Lord God, because even when I try to do right, it seems like evil is always present, Lord. Even when I try to do what your word says, I can't get myself to do it, Lord. But God, I know that your spirit is in me, and I know your spirit is available to help me, Lord God, to tie up these loose ends, to tuck them in the belt of truth, Lord God. That truth when it's all around me, Lord God, it will keep me. It will
will anchor me. You are truth, Lord God, and I trust you. I trust you, Lord God. I trust you, Lord. I will hold on to truth, Lord, and not let it go. For it is truth that makes me free. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person under the sound of my voice here today, Oh, God, as you have spoken to them, God is speaking to you right now. As God is speaking to you, will you answer God's response? The questions that God is asking you, their thoughts in your mind right now, that's God. He has placed thoughts in your mind, and now it's up to you to respond to the question that he is asking. What will you do? If God is asking you right now, will you give your life to me? You need to get up out of your seat and walk down to this island and say, God, I urge you. I will give my life to you because that's how I should respond to you. If you're here today and God tells you to come, and if you come, he will set you free. He will heal your body. Then you need to come. But you got to hear from God today and respond and not allow the loose ends to just keep on dangling by your feet and disturbing your flow. Come on, somebody, anybody else that God has spoken to you and have told you, come now and surrender your life to me. Come now. Tomorrow is not promised unto you. Nobody knows when the end shall come. But if you will come today, I will secure you. I will secure you. I will take you to where you need to be. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Bring her closer to me. Bring her closer to me. Yes. Come here, Ebony. Father, in the name of Jesus. God has called you, Ebony. He says, don't you worry. I will keep you. I will uphold you. I will sustain you. I will provide for you. Don't you worry about a thing. I brought you to this place and I will keep you. I, the Lord your God, have chosen you and called you for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Vanessa, God brought you here. He worked to get you here. But you're here today and God wants you to know that it was always Him that kept you. All of the situations that you had experienced, you could have died on it. You could have died. You could have died. But God wanted me to tell you, He kept you. Even when you didn't understand, He was keeping you. He kept you. And you're here today to give your life to God. Because God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God will you keep. Use her, Lord God, for your glory. Use Vanessa for your glory. Use her for your glory, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Get her ready for baptism. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Anybody else today that God has spoken to you and you're ready to respond to the voice of God? Will you hear what God is saying? Tomorrow is not promised. The end is near and God wants to save you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Lift your hands one more time with me and worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. 
Have a great rest of your day.